In a world where entertainment is randomly scattered across Wikipedia, and no one can be sure of anything. Citation needed! Two men stand alone. They are Ben Graw, I'm Earth's last hope, and Garth Remington. Does it come with a pickle or is that extra? And word on the street is, they're gonna clean up Wikipedia. Yo, I heard word on the street is, they gonna clean up Wikipedia. And while they're fighting a tide of information, their fans are fighting tides of hot girls hitting on them. You listen to Wiki Review? That's hot. But sometimes you have to go off page to get the job done. I got the internet breathing down my neck because you're rogue hot shot rating system! This isn't a podcast. This is the Wiki Review. There is like a 90% chance that that's what's going to happen. I'm really pretty. <laughs> I don't know, are you prepared? I, th- I haven't hit enter yet. Hello and welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And we wanted to do a Wikipedia page about a breed of goat. And out of all of the different breeds of goat, there was only one that we could both agree on that just instantly came to our mind. That's why on this episode, we're reviewing the Wikipedia page for the Damascus goat. <laughs> Damascus! <laughs> that is what a Damascus goat sounds like, exactly. You all thought that was an impression. I brought the goat in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, it says it's also known as an Alpalo, Hapal, Baldai, Damsim, Shamia, or Chamia. It's called all of those. Okay, Damascus is a place, as yes. is my understanding. So everyone in Damascus had a different name for the same goat. So like, this is my goat. His name's Billy. No, his name's Fred. <laughs> Hi, Fred. No, 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 no. That's Giovanni. Giovanni the goat, huh? No, it's a Mario. <laughs> Meh! It's a meh! I think Damascus Goat is the easiest one of its names to pronounce, though. That's probably why that's the name of it. It's also known as these things, but if you want to be able to actually pronounce it, Damascus. Now, Did you ever have one? Because you were on a farm. I had one goat. was not a Damascus Goat. No, one goat, which I think we've mentioned this before many episodes ago. We had a goat. It was there to eat thistles. We had a lot of thistles. I was in charge of getting rid of all the thistles, which meant I had to do lots of poisons and, you know, hit them with machetes. Too many thistles. So they got a goat but the goat didn't want to eat thistles it wanted to hang out with the flock thought it was another sheep would just eat grass so now it's a rug <laughs> i can't believe you rugged your goat it's a good rug like you know how people Do you still have that rug yeah it's at my mom's yeah i know exactly where it is and is when there it... part of you where you look at it and just go sorry no actually let me tell you about this because it's in what was my dad's office but it's now essentially a computer room it's on the floor in there and <laughs> how is that different from an office well because it's not just like it used to be his office it has a really nice desk in it and it was where he do all his work. And now it has a really nice desk and a computer. Well, now it's like anyone can go in there and use the computer. <laughs> Fair enough. But every time I'm in there, I always make a note if I'm ever barefoot in that room to go stand on the rug, the goat rug. <laughs> 
because it's really nice. Like, it's not in the center of the room. It's over in a corner where you wouldn't normally stand. That goat was your friend, though. Yeah, and he's still my friend. He's still helping. <laughs> you know, people carry on about how good cashmere is. It's, like, really soft. It's one of the most expensive fibers, and it feels really good on you to have cashmere. That's what the rug feels like, because cashmere is made out of goat. Yeah, you see, I'm terrified for how this podcast is going to end now. <laughs> Am I going to end up a rug on your floor? Like, once the podcasting's done. This is like my thistles, isn't it? It's like, look, if you're not going to do the podcast anymore, you're a rug. <laughs> you got to serve a purpose. Don't flatter yourself. You don't look that comfy. I'm glad. The only thing saving you is your stubble. <laughs> but if you grow that beard another couple of days, watch the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shave. <laughs> yeah, you keep shaving, boy. So yeah, we had that, but it wasn't a Damascus goat. What breed of goat was it? Do you know? Or I honestly it... don't know. It was just a goat. We only ever I... had the one. Yeah, because I didn't know there were different breeds of goat. Well, there's different breeds of everything. I guess so. Well, this one says that it's a breed of goat with a unique head and mouth. The trick is in the name, because anyone who is in metallurgy or a possible blacksmith knows that to make a Damascus goat you take a bunch of different goats and you put them in a little container you seal it up and then you put it in the forge until they all melt into each other to form a really cool pattern because that's how you make Damascus steel I assume goats are the same <laughs> so you think it's like a meld of a bunch of different goats it could be a mongrel goat exactly but you put them all in the, the one and you might do some little uh, like indents or something to create a pattern I own a Damascus <laughs> blade it's a marshal which is a kind of sword and it's really pretty because it's a Damascus yeah, I bet all the weapons nerds are just rolling on the floor laughing right now. <laughs> like, oh my god. Pretty sure we have a big blacksmith following. Yeah, you gotta listen to something while you do blacksmithing. And I think this is the perfect thing for it. <laughs> but it doesn't have a picture on there. It does say, like, it's got a unique head and mouth. Below it, it said it is the most beautiful goat in the world. It won a prize. Yeah, down here it says a Damascus goat named Kwa won the first prize for the most beautiful goat. At the Mazayan Al Mal's competition in where's Raya Ha? Isn't that a guy from Street Fighter? Saudi <laughs> Ryu Ken! Is it Ryu or is it Ken? I'm just gonna tippy toe through this. Somewhere in Saudi Arabia, someone decided that they wanted to find the most beautiful goat. Why is a Middle Eastern person judging goats <laughs> on their beauty? Obviously, so they can fuck them. See, this is why you're not a rug. <laughs> <laughs> That's your purpose. Keep it up. At least one person would have had to in the committee gone hey guys I know like we're all goat enthusiasts you know we're big on goats we make a living out of goats but don't you think people are gonna make fun of Middle Eastern people for judging goats on beauty oh don't be silly everyone's mature we're not gonna do that would you want to see what Kwa the goat looks like yeah oh my god it comes up in Google when you type in Kwa it goes the goat that's because it's obviously the hottest goat ever so (laughs) I don't know are you prepared I haven't hit enter yet you sure this isn't gonna be like bestiality it sounds like we're gonna go to like goat porn. There is like a 90% chance that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> right, well, you better scrub this clean when you're done because that's pretty full on. <laughs> I usually have to after we do most episodes. A lot of things get cut that you guys don't know about. Let's <laughs> <laughs> check this out. Are right. the goat. What the fuck? That's the grossest freaking thing I've ever seen. What is wrong with these people? That's even ugly for a goat. Everything about it is ill. That's not beautiful. Okay, so its nose is like, instead of a snout, it has a shell in nose. Kind of like, you know, the, what do you call it? a Roman nose where it goes straight down? Like a really prominent from the brow down? It's like if a goat got its head stuck in a jar for ages yes! and took it out, and that's what it would look like. It might have an invisible jar over it right now. That's why it's so shoved up. Ben, can you put a link to this picture in the show notes? Yes, I can. Excellent. Cool. So everyone check out that picture and you'll all be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'll also put it on Instagram.
pentagram as well. And is that a horn or an ear? I think that's a horn, but it's been cut. Then where's the ear? I don't know. Is that an ear then? It looks like a weird cut horn that's straight. It's like someone shoved like a bone in the side of its neck. Yeah, it's kind of like Sideshow Mel. Yes! <laughs> oh, it kind of looks a little like a reindeer with its nose chopped off. It looks like one of those kids that get visited in the hospital by the Avengers or someone from the Marvel Universe that then goes, <laughs> I'm really pretty. <laughs> But let's go back to uh, the Saudi Arabians. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe. I mean, it has to be. Do you think you're looking at the face when you're fucking a goat? No, like, I don't think you're looking at anything. I think your eyes are closed and the lights are off. Maybe you are. Clearly <laughs> maybe Saudi, I am, yeah. yeah. In Saudi Arabia, it's uh, much more acceptable. They had a contest, so clearly it's okay. Maybe it's about the tail. That is a nice tail it has. And that's a nice uh, shag. So I think that's also it there. It's like it has a trunk. I don't know what I'm looking at. You're looking at the most beautiful goat ever. It looks like it has a trunk that it's sucking in its mouth. And its eyes are demonic. Goats have really creepy eyes. Oh, they do. Sheep and goats have these weird hypnotoad eyes. <laughs> it is hypnotoad. Hypnogoat. Imagine two pupils, but they've been pulled apart. Like, you know when you see the, the cells multiply from one cell to two cells? Right at that last second before they become two cells, that's what the pupil of a goat's eye looks like. I mean, at what point do you think these people went, yeah, this is the most beautiful goat? Maybe it was the only one that showed up. That's the other possibility. Who came second? Was that guy, like, really pissed off. And also, if you look in the modeling world, Ali likes to watch the model shows and the, you know, all that sort of stuff where they have like a competition. You know, what's the next top model? I think it's called. What uh, has come up in that, in the American one specifically, good looking girls don't really win. Interesting looking girls win. And this is what this goat is. It's not good looking, but it's interesting. That is true. Like, I could just stare at it for ages. Because you're not really sure what it is that you're looking at. It looks like an optical illusion. You know how, like, people put the fake arrow on to make it look like <clears throat> the arrow has gone through their head. That's what its horns look like. Except it looks like a small tree trunk jammed through its head. Yeah, like they've sawn off some really wide horns, but they could also be ears. Everything about this goat is making me feel sick. What's the criteria for winning this? Show up with a goat. Oh, hey, if you look directly behind him, you can see a Middle Eastern guy in the Middle Eastern clothing, and you can see a couple of them. They've all got really fancy chairs. Like, this is clearly a serious competition. I was like, oh, maybe it's the only goat that showed up. No, I think that's like a sultan or whatever you call them in Saudi Arabia. They've got some money. That's a gold chair. I think that every goat in the kingdom was brought to him. And he said, this will be the goat. And they have no shortage of goats in the Middle East too. Did you know that goat is actually the most eaten meat in the world? Huh, I don't need any. That's why it's interesting. Everything those third world countries do is the most everything. It's like that Mandarin is the most spoken language in the world, even though you know there's only one country they're speaking that in. When you talk about population versus geography, if you want to talk about which language covers most of the globe? English. Because it covers over the countries that also speak Mandarin. Do you want to hear the messed up thing? Do you know the country that has the most amount of English speaking people? China. It's like the people who play the most rugby union, the United States. Get out of here, really? There are more rugby union players in the United States than any other country because there's a lot of people in that country and there's a lot of amateur teams. They are starting to come up on the world stage, but I haven't paid attention in the last 20 years, so I don't know. Maybe they are the world champions by now. If they won, I think everyone else would just give up. Once you lose to America, you're just like, you shouldn't play rugby anymore. That Obviously, you're not any good at it. Clearly, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong, and you need to reconsider what you're doing. Because these people have their own football. These are all the people who couldn't be bothered to play <clears throat> that football, or soccer, or league. Not that anyone outside of Australia really plays rugby league. That counts. They already do have some good sports over there. I like hockey. The 
ice hockey's good. The ice hockey's good, yeah. Here's what's fun about this though, because they've got more rugby union players, but ice hockey is dominated by Czechoslovakia and a few of those Eastern Bloc European countries. America, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, America never wins. I know, America never wins. And it's because, like, yeah, all their good players in the NHL are from Eastern states. And Czechoslovakia for a long time was the number one team because they have the world's best goalie and no mm. one could ever score on it. That's because it's frozen around there, like, all, all year yeah. round. So there's non-stop practice. Yeah, there's no shortage of practice. They even do better than Canada. And baseball is dominated by Cuba. So America can't even win at its own sports. But they still have gridiron because, well, it requires way too much equipment. Is that even really played outside of America? I know they have teams here, but I feel it's just like people who went, I saw America do it. I want to have a try too. Like, we don't have a <laughs> professional league. They have it in Canada. Aren't the rules slightly different though? Yeah, they got a different size field or something stupid. You know, yeah, they probably wreck it. I think it's just because it's in meters instead of yards or something like that. <laughs> That's all it is. It's like probably the same size, but they go, it's this many meters. Okay, so that really threw me that picture of that goat. Cause yeah, it is terrifying. Is it wrong that like, as much as I made fun of the Saudi Arabians for having a beautiful goat competition, I kind of had a picture of what a beautiful goat would look like. And it wasn't that? It was not that. Do you think your goat could have beaten this goat in a beauty contest? The fact that it won means I don't, I'm not sure of anything anymore. <laughs> I don't know what attractiveness in a goat is. I mean, that's a good point. I don't actually know what attractiveness in a goat is. Because I've seen cute goats. Oh, there's a cute little video on YouTube somewhere. Goats in coats. <laughs> and it's just little kids, baby goats, wearing sweaters and they're jumping around. And it's the most adorable thing ever! Because <laughs> it's goats in coats! And they're so cute and they just hop and they do this goat hop. It looks like their body's not moving, but they're going directly up and down. So you don't know how they're jumping. I like goats. Not like these guys do, but I did like goats until I saw this picture. And now <laughs> I like them way less. <laughs> I didn't realize this was an option. Like <clears throat> I can see why they didn't put this on the Wikipedia page, because this would terrify people. We wouldn't have been doing this episode if we'd looked at this picture. Jesus, Ben, burn it. Send it to hell. And I think that is literally all the Wikipedia page has to offer on Damascus Goat. It is a short page. That's literally it. We've read everything on there. It's a goat from Damascus that's butt ugly, but for some reason, Saudi Arabians seem to think it's beautiful. If it's from Damascus, does that mean that someone took it from Italy to Saudi Arabia for the competition? <clears throat> well, it says that they're raised in Syria, Cyprus, and Lebanon. That is closer to Saudi Arabia, but that means that someone brought the goat into Saudi Arabia for the competition. Like, they heard. The word went out from the sheik. <laughs> Like, I got a hot goat. Qua! We have been waiting all our lives for this opportunity. Qua is the Zoolander of goats. Go do blue steel for him! The Qua is a good Scrabble word. No U. Q is an expensive letter. You get a lot out of that. And there's only one vowel. And A is pretty easy to get in Scrabble. But you're not allowed to use names in Scrabble, are you? Oh, no, you're not. And I you... think it's got to be English words. <laughs> you totally got legitimately disappointed. I can see that. Which I've never played Scrabble either. Yeah, that's so why like, I'm Why kidding. do I even care? I'm never gonna. <laughs> I can see your brain working like... If I ever end up in this situation of playing Scrabble, I'm going to pull this one out and it's going to blow people's <laughs> mind. No, that's not how it works. Ah, crap. Better <clears throat> never ever play Scrabble because I have no chance. I do have a good Scrabble word in the pocket, which is cat, but it's spelled Q-A-T. It's a type of wind. That's a good one. That's a good one because you get the Q. Quat. <laughs> 
It's pronounced cat. It's spelled quack. Yeah. Okay, well, that's well, it. Well, that's it. So do you want to rate the page then? <laughs> I guess so. I think we should have to. So what would you rate the page? I would rate this a marshal out of a possible chic. It was short. It was stabby and to the point. You know what I mean? It, it was sharp. It cut through very efficiently, like all good marshals do. It was strong. It was attractive. It's dynamic and straight to the point. Streamlined. Out of a possible chic, because we all know that like the Saudi Arabian princes just have everything. So I'm rating it out of everything. These guys have like falcons and shit. These guys have like a fleet of Hummers. They don't drive. They have a fleet of Hummers. So they have everything. But a marshal's a pretty good thing to have and you can beat a sheik with a marshal. So is that good? Is that bad? I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> you got all that from this Wikipedia page? Your review of it is longer, longer than, than the, page. the page. I said more words than they did. <laughs> it's like two paragraphs on a page with no picture. I like goats. I told you. I don't know. Is there any number on this page then? Two 2008, because that's when the GOAT won the hottest GOAT award. Well, out of 2008, I would probably give this a thousand. I mean, I guess it's short and it's to the point. It could use a picture, though I am kind of split on that. Now I know what the GOAT looks yeah. like. I'm sort of split in that you should give it points for not having a picture, but also the fact that it leads you to want to look at a picture. It's putting mystery in it. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But yeah, I mean, I guess it was funny hearing that Qua won the GOAT award, but aside <laughs> Besides from that, yeah, this page has just got nothing on it. Fair enough. We covered it. This is the first page where we read everything on it. I think so. Yeah, literally everything. We have read everything on this page. We read more on this page than we normally read on big pages. <laughs> There's, what, three sentences, four sentences on this whole page? <clears throat> and we read all of them. Other pages, they go for paragraphs and paragraphs. We've read the title. I'll tell you what, if you look down now in the show notes, the show notes is just the text from the Wikipedia page. <laughs> That's all go. it is. Oh, and the picture. Oh, yeah, and a link to the picture. All right. Well, we've gotten through this much sooner than usual. Hey, does that mean we're getting good at it? Or did you just pick a shortcut? <laughs> I think I picked a shortcut. We'll just do a bunch of short pages to get through it quickly. No, I like the one where we're good. <laughs> Let's do that. All right. So other than that, I guess we just got the usual stuff to plug. Find us on Facebook, Humidor. Yeah, the YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. And you can find all that at humidor.com.au. And you can also email us at wikireviewpodcast at gmail.com beautiful there I think that's all of them excellent excellent right. well other than that I've been Ben Graw I've been Garth Remington and we'll catch you on the next wiki review find Humidor on Facebook YouTube Twitter Instagram and at humidor.com.au theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw. So how's your week been? Oh man, I was sick, well for a day. Uh, Sunday, last week I was sick. Terribly, violently threw up. Oh, vomity sick. Vomit, uh, I ate something that didn't agree with me. Well obviously it didn't agree with you, yeah. Yeah, but trying to come back out. Yeah, exactly. But it put up a fight first. It wasn't just a vomit, it was a like crampy, I was on the floor writhing in pain, stomach pain, until eventually I threw up. Let me tell you a story from the beginning, because there's a whole thing to this. (laughs) A whole thing to how you threw up. There's a whole- What did you you eat? Or is that part of the story? part of the story because I'll I'll let you set the scene because I could answer it but will only lead to more questions okay so
so the scene is, it's Sunday morning, I got shit to do in the afternoon, but it's the morning Ellie and I, we got Uber Eats for breakfast, because mm. we just wanted something easy, because we got to go do a whole bunch of stuff. Nice little treat, Sunday, we don't feel like going anywhere. So we order the Uber Eats, and we wait, and I'm starving, man, I'm freaking starving. And it gets there, the guy comes, I grab it off him, I go inside, and as I'm looking through the bag, we ordered some iced coffees, and I looked in, and the coffees weren't iced coffees, they were just regular coffees. I'm like, okay. oh, like, did, did I screw up, or did they screw up? And then I saw on the top of it, it read soy. <gasps> this isn't mine. So I looked on, and on the side of it, on the, the receipt, they write the name of the person it's for, and it said Hannah. You got Hannah's coffees. I got Hannah's fucking breakfast. And now that name I have been cursing because <laughs> I was given a name. Now, I don't know what the process is, but yeah, we saw like, yeah, okay, we got the wrong food. So the first thing we did is you go on the app and it turns out there's a thing you can click to say, hey, I got someone else's order specifically. And we didn't hear anything back. So I didn't want to eat it or touch the food in case, you know, the guy comes back and swaps them. So we're sitting there and I'm fucking starving looking at this food and smelling the food too yeah and this is what messed me up even and um because while I'm sitting there I'm thinking Hannah's over there eating my food because like, I looked into it when I saw soy latte I looked at what the food was and the first one I opened was just scrambled eggs in a tomato yeah she's not eating your food what did you get I got good food did you get like a burger or something like what did I, you get I got a big breakfast and Ali got a brekkie burger oh there you go See, with, that, that's a good breakfast it is with real like I cannot recommend these iced coffees enough there's ice cream in them. <laughs> oh, the like, soy lattes aren't that great, but their iced coffees yeah, are awesome. Exactly. I'm telling you, Hannah won the Uber Eats roulette here. They spun the wheel and she ended up on top. Hers was also cheaper. So I'm looking at it like, oh, there's just this whole bunch of like scrambled eggs and a tomato. That's gross. The other one I opened up and it looked like a brekkie burger. I'm like, oh, a brekkie burger. You ordered that. So that's one thing. All right. So I put it back in. We did the whole like, oh, we got the wrong order. Waited for it and waited for it and waited for it. And eventually our money got refunded. There was no like, oh, we'll bring your order. We'll send another order out. They just refunded our money. And we went, well, we got the money back. I guess we've got to order it again. Went back to the store. It just didn't accept it. It's like us and Hannah shut down the whole Uber Eats for this, this restaurant. They went, it's too much. Yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about Uber Eats is now they can be like, no, nah, we don't want to take your order. Yeah, like, no, you, that's why you're here. <laughs> when you used to call Pizza Hut back in the day, you knew they would show up. Exactly. Eventually, but they would show up. And yeah, because it's happened to me a couple of times where you order it and you wait like 10 minutes and they just go, nah, actually on second thoughts, no. No, I don't feel like it. So yeah, so I'm sitting there cursing Hannah because clearly like, maybe it's taking so long because we said we got someone else's order, but they need Hannah to say that she got our order. So I'm cursing Hannah. Damn you, Hannah, you bitch. How could you do this? And Ali's very quick to point out, Hannah's in the exact same situation as us. Nah, still, screw Hannah. Well, this is it. You gave me a name, I'm going to use it. That's the only name. I don't know the delivery driver's name and he's got it bad enough. Hannah's also ordering Uber Eats. I think she can take a shot. I can take a shot. She can take a shot. Right, so we order again. Now this time it's been confirmed. The money's been refunded. No one's coming back to get Hannah's order. So I'm like, I'm starving. I'm eating the brekkie burger that she ordered. Like, oh, Ali didn't want the brekkie burger, or no? She's like, I can wait. I'm starving. She's not. So I get in there and I start eating what I thought was a brekkie burger. Oh my god, what was it? It's some sort of veggie burger with like faux meats in there. Ah. Uh. So what I thought was bacon was some sort of like bacon. What I thought was a meat patty 
was a hash brown. And I mean, the soy latte should have been a dead giveaway. Well, that's the thing. Because I'm like, oh, just scrambled eggs in a tomato and a soy latte. Hannah, look at you. Ooh, I'm so <laughs> proper. I'm Hannah. I have a soy latte. But then I saw the brekkie burger. Like, all right, she's okay. Or maybe she's there with her boyfriend and he ordered the burger. Or maybe he's the soy latte drinking prick, right? It turns out it's a veggie burger. You soy latte sipping, veggie burger eating bitch, Hannah. But I finished eating it because, like, I'm hungry, right? Now, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. And that's the only thing I ate that was different to what I normally eat. And I got really sick. So I'm guessing, I'm sure that it was the veggie burger. <laughs> I like that your body just rejected healthy food. Yes, that's exactly my point. It's not used to it. It's like you can eat all the crap in the world. You could live on McDonald's for days. Like, screw that super size me guy. You could double that. I have done that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And I don't say I maybe have done that because you include KFC and Hungry Jacks in it as well. I'm quite fine to live like that. I know you are as well. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the same boat here, but if someone gave you a turnip, <laughs> you're calling in sick tomorrow. I wouldn't even be sure if you could eat it. I'd be looking at them like they were kids. <laughs> I'd be like, seriously, you don't eat this, do you? Isn't this a doorknob? <laughs> no, it's not mushy. Where's the meat? <laughs> Yo, Goober, where's the beef? <laughs> What do they make veggie burgers out of? Is it like beets or something or potatoes? I imagine it's just like shattered dreams and <laughs> tofu. Oh, I tried tofu for the first time not too long ago. Oh, how, how did that work out? It's awful. I didn't understand <laughs> how awful it was until I tried it. Like, I thought it would be bad. It is mind-blowingly terrible. Because it doesn't have a flavor of its own. All it can do is mildly absorb other things around its flavors and turn it into <laughs> To a crappy flavor. <laughs> But it has the texture of meat. And when things that aren't meat have the texture of meat, oh. it feels disgusting. It's like when you get like a particularly rubbery cheese. I feel like I'm eating a balloon. <laughs> did you get sick from the tofu? No, I didn't get sick from the tofu. Well, you... I didn't eat too much of it. It didn't take me long to realize <laughs> I didn't like it. You're, you're a smart man. I was starving. I just chowed down. And so that happened. Then the food came. I got my regular meal. I ate that as well because I'm still hungry. And then I'm sitting around. <laughs> and you wonder why you were sick. You consumed two meals. I had one burger and I had a breakfast. The veggie burger? That's closer to a salad than... Exactly! See? Where were you when I needed someone to support me? <laughs> <laughs> that's just a side. Because that's what I've always thought with veggie burgers. When they're competing as meat, go, we're just as good as meat. No, you're not. Stop being stupid. Mm. But we're better than salad? That I would buy. Like, I would take a veggie burger over a salad. Like, if I got a burger and the side was a veggie burger, I'd be way more happy than if it was just a salad. Yeah. It's now in bread, so you can eat it rather than eating a fork. And plus, what's his name? The really funny comedian, the fat guy. He says, yo, uh, salad is not a meal. It's a side. Always has been, always will be. I can prove it. You order a steak, comes with a salad on the side. The salad's free. <laughs> yeah, you order a salad, you just get the side. But you pay for it. Order the steak, you dumbasses. So then about half an hour, hour passes and like my stomach feels a little bad. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a bit weird. And then eventually I'm on the floor writhing in pain. I eventually make my way to the toilet and I don't want to like gross anyone out, but you know, sometimes a vomit is nice. 
Like it's easy and it comes from like, like it, it just hit your stomach and then comes straight back up. This one came from somewhere deep within me <laughs> and it did not want to come out. Like it had to come out, but it didn't want to come out. Oh, dry reaching's the worst. And it wasn't soft or pleasurable. <laughs> like, it was just the most horrible vomit I've had in a very long time. And I didn't like it. But after I threw up, immediately better again. <laughs> threw- it's always the case, isn't it? And I had to go to an improv class. And I'm like, I don't think I can go. I'm like sick. I threw up. I'm like, I can go. I'm better again. I had a shower to get the smell of toilet floor off me. I got in the car. As I'm driving yeah. there, I'm like, oh, I think there's a little after effect in my stomach. Like, oh, okay. It just needs time to settle. I make it all the way to the class. And as I'm about to park, I feel a few more movements in my stomach. And I went, Garth, go home. <laughs> go home right now. <laughs> Whatever you thought you were going to do, you, you're not going to do it. You and- were spending a quality night with the toilet. That's right. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. Because I got home and at first I felt a little stupid because I'm like, I was actually fine. Once I got home, I walked around an hour later, which my class goes for three hours. So this would have happened in the middle of like trying to do a scene. I cramped up and I was making sweat angels on the floor. I was just in inconsolable pain. If you could worked a couple of jokes in there, you could have played that as a bit in your improv class. (laughs) Wow, I really believe you're like a guy in pain. Yeah, you're really committing to this bit. I didn't know you could do this quality of acting, Garth. Yeah, we wiped the scene five minutes ago. He refuses to end it. (laughs) So after making sweat angels and just sweating and sweating and then like I'd feel a little better I'd go to sit down but because I've been on the toilet floor for so long I just smelt like toilet (laughs) and I I carried it with me because I showered the first time I changed my clothes I did it I had to shower again but then I felt good afterwards My conclusion is Hannah cursed the veggie burger That's your conclusion? That's the only possible scenario which this happened (laughs) I ate the burger I was cursing her so maybe she cursed me back and then I ate the forbidden food and it was not within my realm I got sick so my conclusion is fuck you Hannah you fucking bitch put some witch spell on me this is your fault if I ever meet you Hannah you're in trouble she probably threw out your meal too I doubt yeah actually because she's not gonna eat your meal because what is it like a meat meat burger yeah, or something yeah meaty meat meaty breakfast sausage bacon patty every kind of meat I put in my breakfast <laughs> when I can you're even like if there's any vegetables in there rub them in meat grease first yeah there is nothing that has not touched <laughs> bacon grease in this meal I want a meal that Hannah wouldn't touch <laughs> that was really sad to me too the thought that she wasn't gonna eat my food because mine is better my meal she won the the roulette (laughs) it was a great meal I hope she tried that iced coffee and went shit what is this soy crap I've been having she's probably gone on a meat binge since then like she tried it and went this is amazing I gotta have this (laughs) soy's bullshit you can't milk a bean this makes no sense (laughs) I converted her back you reckon Uh. or she didn't realise it wasn't her order and ate this meaty meat 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 (laughs) breakfast going oh my god this is the best veggie burger I've ever had. And this soy latte, I can't believe it's soy. It tastes like ice cream. I didn't know that was soy ice cream. So she's probably like, oh, you got to go to the store. They have the best soy ice coffee. And she goes, can I have a soy ice coffee? An ice coffee? Yeah, yeah, the soy one. Just make her an ice coffee. And that was me being sick. (laughs) And And the worst part is, 
I was fine the next day. I could go to work. If you're going to be sick, be sick on a weekday, not a Sunday. Yeah, being sick on a Sunday does suck. See, I've actually been taking it like really easy lately. I've been playing a lot of the game Age of Empires 2. Oh, I remember Age of Empires because it came free in Nutrigrain. Yes, that was the old version that I played where it capped you off at a certain point And I was like, ah. You had to collect all of them. So there were several discs. Yeah. Oh my God. Demo discs are even like a blast <laughs> from the past. You used to be able to get them with everything. You wanted pizza you got a demo disc you bought a magazine demo disc shareware wave the future <laughs> <laughs> but then i think they realized that demos don't really work because you just end up playing the demo and being like yeah that's good enough yeah well that's just what you get your kids because you're a cheap prick i think i had more demo discs for my playstation than actual games yeah that's quite possible <laughs> they're easy to collect and very quick to finish same with the computer like there was a time where every game i played was just a demo that i got from something because all i had to do was play the first three levels complete it it's like buy the full version I'm like nah screw you yeah no uh, I, got, like, I got what I needed out of this yeah I got like 60 other demos of other games to get through <laughs> they've overwhelmed you with so many demos that you don't have time to play a full game <laughs> I would buy the full version but I've got all these other demos I gotta play see I miss demos because if I would sit down and do a game now it takes ages I can spend like three months trying to eventually work through the game back in those days I could work through a game in one sitting yeah because it was only like the first level or so yeah you, you do like at best three levels I got the shareware version for Warcraft mm -hmm. the platform command and conquer style yeah three levels once you've completed it and you complete it again and you complete it again then you do stupid things like oh I'm gonna chop all the wood I'm gonna collect all the gold I'm gonna build all the different structures and then so you're just sitting there milking this stupid level <laughs> three watching these little peasants like cut wood but yes <laughs> Age of Empires 2 yeah, that's probably a long-term goal for them because they eventually sold me a copy. <laughs> They're in it for the long game. That's it. They're in it for the long game. They eventually got me. I like the idea of a <clears throat> meeting of like, mm. all right, it's called Age of Empires. Now we're going to send out demos for the first one. Not many people are going to buy the actual game. But when an Age of Empires 2 comes out, that's when we get them. <laughs> uh, well, this is like yeah, the HD super remake sort of thing. Uh, so it looks all clean and polished. Do you remember much about Age of Empires? Yeah, yeah it's pretty much Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, you got to send guys to chop wood and dig gold and stone and, and fight food. People. Yeah, and then set up armies and stuff like that. And is this one set in like Egypt time? Yeah, it's set in medieval times. You start in... Oh, like knights and... Yeah, you start in like the Dark Ages or something or some age and you can progress through as you go through. Oh, so it starts at Stone Age and do you know where it ends yet? Uh, Imperial Age. There's only like four ages, which to me feels like a ripoff. Well, that's pre-medieval. Yeah, they do have medieval age in there because I know you can get knights because I've used knights. There's a lot of empires so it's really hard to be specific. <laughs> I went well what's the first one that comes to mind? Oh we were talking about the Ottoman Empire. What? <laughs> well this is where I got stuck down the rabbit hole with this game because you can be all these different countries and I'm talking like 30 different countries that you can select between. Oh wow are they all current countries or are they like Mesopotamia? Yeah or like Babylon. countries like that yeah. Dibs on Prussia. Yeah you got the Franks in there as well. Oh wicked yeah yeah Jutes. Yes I think the Jutes are in there. They're always together. There are a lot in there. That was the time of Charlemagne. He combined them. And all of them have different attributes. Some are better with weapons. Some are better 
at building houses and farming and stuff like that. So it's actually important which one of them you pick. Okay. And there's a huge rabbit hole of trying to figure out which one is the best to pick. And is it really randomized? Like, because I know that when I've played games and you see the different people, like what it means is like they have one special unit, which you then match up and they're all basically equal and they might be more fast or more armor. They have that as well, but there are other bonuses. Like I've been recently playing as the Hunts. They're my favorite team because they have the benefit that they don't have to build houses. Yeah, they're nomadic. They're all on horseback. So it's all sort of based around history on how they get their attributes. Cool. That means that they move faster than everyone and you don't have to build. That's really cool. But they're not really great at defense. Yeah, no, they they use movement as their defense. You'd have to run away. (laughs) Are they all shooting bow and arrows off their horses? Yes, you can get bows and arrows with horses on that one. Because that's their thing. Yeah, they try and keep it, I guess, semi-historically accurate. The Vikings, you can be them. And their navy is the best in the game. Well, you'd imagine so, right? For a very long time, that was, yeah, you don't mess with them. But having 30 difference, that's where, even if they only had one slight little difference between the two nations, having 30, that's where my mind would get frazzled. Like, because once you get more than five, I probably can't compare all of them anymore. You can't. Like, I've looked through YouTube and they have, like, an hour-long video explaining the difference on each one. And that's an hour-long on each different civilization. Holy crap! 30 hours! uh, On, yeah, Age of Empires 2 civilizations. You could spend over a day and still not be done analyzing (laughs) this crap. (laughs) Someone just say which one's the good one. I know, that's what I'm looking for. Like, what is the good one? The Aztecs, they say, are really good because they can carry more. And, I don't know, they're good with other stuff. Okay, they have the attributes, but... There's a lot of attributes. I'm, like, burnt out on anything. That's why I went with the Huns, because you've got to build houses to build your civilization. And I'm like, I don't have to build houses. That sounds easy. Yes, you found the shortcut. Yeah, it's basically, to me, it feels like a shortcut thing. That's why Mm. I keep picking them. Well, it means that, because this is the strategy I take with all these sorts of army and country games, is that there's the ones that have all these different attributes, but then there's the ones that specialize. I always prefer the specialized ones, because it means you only concentrate on one thing. All the other crap becomes irrelevant. Just focus on this one thing and you'll be fine. That's what the Huns are. Just focus on shooting arrows from a distance and never getting in contact. That's actually how they took over Europe. (laughs) That is exactly how they took over Europe. See, I probably need to watch some documentaries on the Huns. (laughs) I know they existed before the game. I did know they existed before the game. Oh, that would have been great if you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But if you had tested me on like what they had done, I don't even know who the Huns really conquered. Well, you know Attila? Yes. Attila, he's the Hun. And I'll be completely honest, the Mongols and the Huns, I probably couldn't tell you the difference because they did the exact same thing. Um, But Age of Empires and every game like it is so fucking frustrating because (laughs) you sit there and you build a town. You have your barracks and stuff where you're building soldiers and you think you've got a good army, but you've got like all your peasants doing their tasks and your resources are going well. Got a whole town planned. Yeah. And then some fuckwit just marches in with their army that's like 20 times bigger than yours and just lays waste to it in a matter of minutes. And building a town in these things isn't like, oh, click, click, I'm done. It's like you spend an hour balancing and doing things. Because they need multiple resources to do one thing, don't they? Yes, because you've got the four resources you can get is wood, food, gold, and stone. So you need stone, wood, and gold to build pretty much everything to varying degrees. Yes. It does help that at the start of the game, you need 
need basically just wooden food because all your structures are made with wood and all your people are made with food. And it's only as you progress, you need to get gold and stone. Mm. When you get to the castle age, you definitely need some stone. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, wooden castles have survived. No. <laughs> and you can build stone walls as well. I've tried walling myself in numerous times. Yep. No, no, they just cut through it like it's butter. Oh yeah, yeah, the walls are only, even in real life, are only ever just time delay or to funnel people coming in and out. It's just to, yeah, ensure that if you leave an opening, it means they won't attack it usually, unless they can't see a direct way around it. See, I've been wondering if I read like Sun Tzu's The Art of War, would that actually help me with this game? I've Strategy's basically going to be the same, right? I've read it and yeah, that will totally help you, Ben. <laughs> it, well, it will. It's just... I have actually read it. Well, I've actually listened to the audiobook of it because it's only like very short too, isn't it? Yeah, I've read it and there's also review because it's been reviewed by a lot of people like Cow Cow, the famous general. Oh, yeah. I've got notes from him on it. But I do remember there was a lot of stuff in there about morale and how to utilize that. All of that would not work in the video game. Irrelevant. Yeah, completely irrelevant. Mm. I can't starve these people out. Mm. Yeah, okay. Let's go through it from memory. Okay, so a big part of it is if you're a general, be a general. Don't try to be a captain and don't try to be an emperor. Mm. If you're an emperor, don't try to be a general. Or a, In other words, stay in your lane. Do your job and trust that everyone else will do their job. What if you're a god standing above it controlling everyone like a puppet? Because that's mostly the role that I fit. Okay, well, see, because, this is why this is irrelevant. Because <laughs> I micromanage all the time, but I have to, or they just do something stupid. You don't have generals. You are the god, the general, the emperor, and the little soldiers. So that whole section is irrelevant. Don't read that. They talk about when you're in a fight, when you're outnumbered, what to do, or if you outnumber them. Like, if you are two to one, like, if you have twice as many guys, divide your army in two so you can attack them on two fronts. However, in a video game, completely irrelevant because, you know, you just click on your guys and say, go attack those guys. No, they do have commands in there where you can actually get them to divide into two. But then in a video game, it's always best to have all your guys attacking the one person because then they kill them immediately rather than spread out. Because if you spread your troops out, it means it takes longer for the enemy to die and they have more time to inflict pain on you. But if you're clumped together, if they shoot catapults at you, you're oh, more likely artillery. to get hit by stuff. So I always start by charging straight to the artillery because they can't hit you if you're right next to them. And if you move, they can't hit you. But then they might get some in the movement if there's a big enough clump. Most of the case and how I get screwed over a lot in this game, they start sending their army to me and my army's trying to defend my turf. And if you're the Huns, that's not going to work for you, is it? No, it doesn't really work very well. I'm thinking I might need to pick a better country. Or you just need to attack quicker. See, and I know that because every time I've played those games, the enemy is just able to create this army so quickly. And it's because I can tell that you do the same thing as me where you just fuss around like, oh, I'd like one of these. Oh, where should I put it? And you want to upgrade the guy so you get the good soldier. Whereas the enemy is just shitting out all these basic foot soldiers. Just all their money gets planted into it and they shove it out. They don't care about the long-term goals. Do you know what I think the game is the equivalent to? It's imagine you were doing something where you got to make a really good sandcastle that was really beautiful and detailed and you were really proud of it. And then you had to stop people who were running towards it trying to kick it. And that's the game. You spent all this time and effort on this sandcastle. Now you've got to stop people fucking it over. Well, see, the best defense is a good offense. That saying's actually the other way around, but you haven't even seen the other person's sandcastle that you could go kick. That's how you stop them from hitting your sandcastle. Go hit their sandcastle. But I used to get so caught up in that playing June and also Command and Conquer, the same game, because I build the fortress. Like, you have turrets and you have, you know, your guards that you put around and you teach them you could make them do circuits where they drive around your base and I try to make that as perfect as possible command and conquer with Tesla coils the big electricity things I wanted to have so many that when the enemy
enemy shows up, they don't even get a chance to hit you. Because the second they hit it, it means you have to click repair. And if you go away from the base, they don't tell you, oh, by the way, this thing's getting hit. And over time, if one shot, then you know, 10 minutes later, another shot, then 10 minutes later, another shot, eventually they'll kill the Tesla coil. So I used to have like 10 or 20 Tesla coils. So the dude rocks up and he's gone. But I'd spend all my time and effort making this invincible base. And then eventually when I've got the invincible base and then I build the huge army because I've finally been able to control and we build this huge army and you go down there and you're like, wait, this is all I had to do? There was like one barracks. So I, I can feel your pain in this. Yeah, I've been making the AI on it because I've only been versing the computer. I've been making that harder and harder as I start winning, but I've hit that wall now where that's as good as I can get. They just keep fucking me over way too quickly. And I always blame it on the computer can just automatically immediately do things. We have to click on stuff. I don't know shortcuts. Well, you know, I've got the two screens. I Googled the shortcut keys. And so I have it on one screen has the shortcut keys and the other screen has the gameplay. Oh, that's cool. Because I remember one of the Command and Conquers I started playing again on, I bought it on Xbox 360 and it just, the game moved too quickly. I couldn't click on the guys to tell them to do it. I think I'm just out of practice. This is more a me problem. I think it's easier these games on a computer. Yeah, with a mouse is much easier. With yeah. a mouse and a keyboard, I think it all works so much better. Though I have found that the computer is very, I want to say pissy. If one of my guys goes rogue and decides to like attack one of their mining camps, they send like 50 guys to go deal with that guy. And while it's got those 50 guys there, they march into my base to sort of teach me a lesson. Because it's the weird thing. The enemy, when you see them, like you'll sometimes see the other side and they won't necessarily engage you. They haven't been ordered to attack. So if one of your guys goes rogue and starts attacking him, he ends up bringing a wave and you're like, oh, you douchebag. How do you execute people? <laughs> I will just let them do it. So my question is, are you that far into it that you're going to have to go the whole way with the Huns? Like it's too late to start again? I don't know. I think my strategy that I've been playing needs someone that has a bit more defense. Okay. So I'm probably going to have to go away from the Huns, but it means I'm going to have to start building houses, which is not in my strategy, which is kind of annoying. So you want to defend your base, but you don't want to build a base? <laughs> well, I want to build a base, but houses aren't the only thing you can build. Uh, They're just useless buildings that help you increase the amount of population you can have because you can only have five people at the start, but then you build a house and now you can have like 10 people. Which other games, it'd be like a farm or something because they need to be able to feed them and stuff. I well, you've got to build farms in this as well. There's so many things you have to build. That's why having houses taken off the list is fine because I can build churches and universities and blacksmiths. They're all useful. They get you the stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I've got to cut down on that game though because each match lasts for like an hour and a half. I remember Command and Conquer Red Alert consuming my life. Oh, they're not short games, which is why I've got to stop. You can save it, right? You can. But those but... sort of games, I don't trust the save because it's like a lot of detail and it's all live actioning. So while it's saving, it might break. Uh, I've never really had a civilization that I've wanted to save because usually I get in the first hour, then I try and battle. And then when that goes horribly wrong, it's like, well, I'm obviously not going to save now. <laughs> yeah. I already did the stupid thing. Yeah. <laughs> I should save before right before leave. I leave and then just keep replaying playing that moment over and over again trying different things I could be like Nicolas Cage in that next movie that nobody saw or like Tom Cruise in that video game battling aliens movie that some people saw <laughs> <laughs> at least two people well didn't you do a puppet show <laughs> yes I did <laughs> 
with my improv, because uh, as you know, uh, Briz Funny Fest is over now, but through August, it was Briz Funny Fest, and I got invited by some improv people to do a puppet show. You were participating in the puppet show? Yes, I performed a puppet show. That's awesome. An <laughs> improv puppet show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> what was your puppet? Let me take you through this, because there's so much background to this that what you're thinking is wrong, and there's no way you could guess what's right, because you've never seen or heard of this before. What, what type of puppet was it? Can you at least tell okay. me that? So I can get a visual image. It's a Japanese puppetry art of making puppets out of scrap. What? Yeah. Okay, so what happened was I do my improv with these people and then one day I get this message of, hey, would you like to join our, our puppet troupe? That's the only detail I was given. <laughs> Sounds like a spam email. <laughs> kind of does, doesn't it? But there is a game called Puppet in Improv. And I thought maybe that's it where a person is the puppet and you move them around. I thought maybe that was it. But yeah, I told them I don't know how to use a puppet. And they're like, that's okay. Just come on down. And it's a Japanese art. One of them learnt at the New Zealand Improv Festival. What you do is you collect random junk, but we use brown paper. You roll up the brown paper into two long tubes and then you make a loop so that it has like a circle with two sticks coming off the bottom. That becomes the head and the arms. And then you do another one, which becomes the body and the legs. And then you tape it all together and then you fill in the headspace with paper so the face is filled in. It sounds like a kid's arts and crafts class. Oh, yes. Was it like kindergartners sitting beside you? No, no, no. These were all very serious improvers. <laughs> serious improvers. There's an oxymoron if I, ever I've heard one. I know. It was actually really cool to do. It was very interesting. The puppets don't talk and it takes three people to operate a puppet. And you've got to improvise? Yes, but no speaking. So, so if you decide to go left and the other person decides to go right, then... Then you rip your the puppet. puppet. The puppet loses an arm. One person does the head and the dominant arm. One person does the body and the other arm and the other person does the legs. That sounds like four people. That's three people. So what? which one does, so the one who's doing the dominant arm is the head. Okay, yep, and one, oh uh, yep, I got you now. Yep. Okay, so three people and now we did scenes where there was a person and the puppet and that person could talk but the puppet couldn't. Those were pretty easy but then we did puppet and puppet scenes. So that's six people on stage, nobody talking. Why didn't you invite me to this? I would have loved to have seen this. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure about it. I can honestly say it was a thrill ride. It was really fun, really interesting to do. Super experimental and weird and fun. As soon as I walked in and they showed me what it was, I'm like, well, this is a story. <laughs> Anything that happens from now is just gravy. This is something I can say I did. When you get three people in unison working together to make a puppet express emotion, it's kind of cool. Which position did you take? Oh, um, I did all of them because we did enough scenes where I did the head, then the body, then the legs. Which one was your favorite? I kind of like the legs, to be honest. The head's the one that doesn't necessarily mean they're in charge, but you are the mainstay. So where you look and what you do with the main hand means that you're kind of in control. I figure the legs could be in charge because if you make them walk off in one direction, the other people have to follow you. Well, everyone can do something because the body could move, the other hand could move, the head could move. The idea is that if someone does something, everyone has to pick up on it. Just the same as any like acting that you do. You have to make sure you're on the same page as everyone. So did you have to wear like, because in the Japanese thing- No, I did not wear a leotard. With the black- hood and stuff so they can't see you or could they just see three people holding a puppet? They could see three people holding a puppet. We put them on like a table so that you know the puppet could walk on something and you had two people behind the table and the leg person was in front of the table because you can't fit that many people behind it. Yeah I thought it would get a bit crowded. It was very crowded and because you're doing the feet at the front you have to be down on your knees and of course the puppet when I was doing the feet had to 
go all the way across the table to meet the other one. Uh. So I'm shuffling on my knees and then the puppets got in a fight and our puppet retreated really quickly. So I had to go backwards on my knees, moving these little puppet feet. You didn't want to go like, fuck it. He's staying to fight. Kick, kick. It's funny. I did kicks. (laughs) I did a bunch of kicks, but the head moved, the body moved. I had to move with it. Did you make the puppet dance at any point? I feel you would have made the puppet dance. No, I didn't get a chance to make it dance. But the thing that I think everyone liked in the audience that I was very proud of, we managed to make it sit down, like going from standing to not just like dropping, but like put an arm down, lean, and then put a leg out and the other leg and sit down on its butt and then like kick its feet off the side. (laughs) It looked very good. Yeah, I'm very interested in how that would have looked. It's something weird, but because it's experimental and weird and people aren't used to this and we're all just like new to it, like someone saw it at a festival and we all tried to get it and I only ever made it to one practice because that was the day I was sick. (laughs) So, (laughs) damn you, Hannah! (laughs) But yeah, so I made it to one practice. I was a bit like, oh, oh. But yeah, we had scenes where no one's talking. Six people moving little puppets around. The room was filled. There was an audience, maybe 30 people to fill the room. No one saying a thing. There's no laughter. There's no yelling. There's no cheering. No one on stage. It was a silent room. Because it's a bunch of adults playing with paper dolls. (laughs) And no one had ever seen anything like this before. Well, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. You still haven't. (laughs) You didn't even know the concept existed. Oh my God, if you do this again, you have to let me come to that. There's a very slim chance of that happening. But it was fun. I'll definitely let you know. And if you're interested to to learn about it. I'm interested to watch a show. I figured you'd say that. Yeah. Oh, and it was called Scrunch. That's what we called our troupe. It starts with making the puppet on stage. So the show started with, hello, we are Scrunch. Then we took the paper, rolled it up on stage. We made two puppets simultaneously. Oh, so you make the puppets on stage in front of people. Yes, in front of the audience. It's not prepared. It comes out on stage. So we start off like, I wasn't the person making the puppet there were the two people who were really into it my job was tape they just get the tape off the roll make sure they have the long enough pieces of tape ready so I just you were the tape guy I was the tape guy for one of the puppets so there's a room of like 30 people watching me pull tape off a tape roll (laughs) and that is how you whip up a frenzy see dying on stage for you can't feel that bad after that you're like look if I put tape on stuff in front of people then I can do anything you hit the nail on the head this is what I took away from it why would I ever worry about anything after this I could read a newspaper on stage and be fine. I remember hearing some advice by Stephen Colbert that I thought was interesting. Is he said you need to try and make yourself feel as embarrassed as often as possible. Yes. So that way you become desensitized to it. One thing he recommends is just start singing in an elevator. (gasps) People will look at you like you're absolutely crazy. Just get past that and just own it. Challenge accepted. Oh my God. I would love to hear if you actually do that. Because that's the thing. Not even singing like under your breath singing. The singing. more gusto you give it. Oh, because at a certain point it actually becomes hard for the ears because you're in such an enclosed space. Yeah. Because you could mumble it under your breath. You could sing it like audible. So people are like, what's that guy? Or you could just aggressively, overtly sing in an enclosed space to the point that <laughs> now, instead of you being embarrassed, they feel awkward. Like, are you going to say something? Are you going to tell him to be quiet? I don't want to speak to him. He's clearly a freak. <laughs> like now you've got people afraid to say something to you rather than being like, I feel sorry for you. Oh, how embarrassing. As if you'd sing in an elevator too. Can we do something? Can, can we make him stop? I don't want to <laughs> talk to him. Like that's taking the power. 
power back. If you're singing in an elevator, you would think that people would all stare at you and you would be a spectacle. Probably the opposite would happen. They would work really hard to ignore you. They would probably not look at you or make any eye contact out of fear you'd sing at them. They'd be staring at those numbers like their life depended on it. <laughs> like the antidote's gonna come out of it. That'd be this guy's time to just see what's in his wallet. Oh, and to up the ante. Cause you know they say like, if you really <coughs> wanna mess with people, stand the wrong way in an elevator. Cause people don't like that. You're the last in the elevator, so you're right at the door and you don't turn around. Mm. Now you have an audience facing you because <laughs> the numbers are directly above your head and then you start whoa we're halfway there I reckon the funny challenge would be if in that situation the doors close, you break into your stand-up set. <gasps> Do I start as though I was already doing it or from the beginning? From the beginning. Okay. The whole like, hey guys, I'm Garth Remington. Happy to be here. <gasps> yes, because the second the doors shut, you just act like, okay, now the show starts. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why we're all here. Oh, oh, that's great. But hey. Do you reckon you could do it? Do you reckon there would be part of you, like, as those doors are closing, you would feel your stomach turn? Because you know every person in that elevator is going to look at you like you're a fuckwit. Oh, yeah, it would be stomach churning. But I think that's why Colbert recommends this. Because it's turning it from the pain on you to the pain on them. It's taking the power of embarrassment. And no, I'm not embarrassed. Now that I don't have shame, I have the power. It's like when people realize that, hey, I owe you money. So you have to get it off me. I'm not embarrassed to not pay the loan back. That's your fault for giving me the money in the first place. (laughs) See, I'm sort of a mixed bag like I could not imagine singing in an elevator full bowl I don't know if I could do that but I feel I could get up on stage and make an idiot of myself without Mm. any problem whatsoever because I feel there's that context they've come to expect that they want to see something you've already been given the approval because the audience is there for a show whereas this is that gorilla just annoying people I think there's that line where if you're singing at a bunch of people in an elevator they're not actually harmed they have a funny little story they're not personally engaged yes it's like a prank call or something that like it's annoying at the time but it's what 30 seconds and then they've got a story for the rest of the day i just really i have a game i play in elevators whenever i'm alone this happens every time i have to go to a seminar or something it's like a short elevator ride. i face the elevator door as i'm going up or down i imagine that when the doors open the zombie horde is gonna be there <laughs> and so i get really pumped up like i'm about to fight a room full of zombies i get really worked up like i jump up and down i saw myself up I watch the numbers I like the tension builds the tension builds I take a stance I'm ready to fight and then ding and the doors open I just pretend like nothing happened I would love to be in that security room <laughs> watching the surveillance cameras where the guy's like hey Jimmy check this guy out that's my secret hope that like <laughs> maybe they're, like, they're bored they like that but it's also they see everyone alone in elevators I want everyone right now think about what you do every time you're alone in an elevator see I don't know what I do when I'm alone in an elevator but that scares me even more because I'm like wait, I don't know wait what do I do what are people seeing me do it's like when you walk around a corner and you realize someone heard you speaking to someone else you instantly go oh god they heard me you were just telling them about your rose garden like it's nothing embarrassing but your first thought is oh my god what did I say because <laughs> I'm doing my acting class thing 
when they get me to pretend to be a cow or a watermelon or all some that. stupid shit like that, that's fine. I could do that all day. Like, that doesn't really bother me. But yeah, the elevator thing completely psychs me out. Because it's not in the context, I see yeah. what you're saying. I get that. Because you haven't been given permission to do it. And there is always the off chance someone will just hit you. Plus, I've also become that guy in my acting class where as soon as they go, who wants to go up first? I'm like, yo, me. I do that in improv. Like, one of my classes, every week we sit down and then they go, who, who wants to start checking? So I just look around like, anyone? Anyone? Mm. Anyone? All right, here we go. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, how's your... You had a monologue or something? Yes, I did a monologue. Oh, how did that go? Yeah, that went all right. And I also got to hear other people's monologues as well. Oh, because we were talking about this and you said that you specifically... Because it's about a guy who can't dance. Yeah, he's and, going through like a midlife crisis or something. And we figured that that was specifically given to you. Were the other people's... Did you think like, oh, that's a bit of a jab at them? A little bit, but I've only <laughs> got to hear part of them so far. Because the first activity we had to do with our monologues is they got us up in pairs and we had to argue our monologue with each other. So I would be doing my monologue and they would be doing their monologue and we had to have an argument and compete for dominance in the scene. So are you just talking over each other or is it a back and forth? A little bit talking over each other, a little bit, but it's meant to be a back and forth. Okay. But you're meant to do it like it's an argument. So I guess when you're arguing mm. with someone, there is a little bit of yelling over each other. So I'd be here like, <coughs> out damn spot, out I say, one, mm. two, hell is merciful, fire my lord, fire. And then you come back, you know, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Surely it shines upon this like that. Yeah, essentially that. And before we did the argument with our monologue, they wanted us to do a real argument. <laughs> so we had to pick something that they said was unresolved in our life that we could get mad. And so we had to argue in front of the class about this unresolved issue that we had had that was preferably recent. What was your unresolved issue? Am I allowed to ask? Well, yeah, I had to do it in front of the entire class. <laughs> and you're going to love this too, because I was going through my brain and I couldn't think of anything. And the only thing that came to my mind was, motherfucker, you sent me a text at 6.30 on a, on a night. Really? That's the one that gets you. There's nothing going on in my life. <laughs> and it wasn't even something that I was that mad about, but it was just like, it only happened like two days earlier. And so I'm trying to think, think of, like, well, I guess that's the most annoying thing. Because it was something that came up and I honestly, like, that was when I found out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I can understand you grasping at straws <laughs> of like, what's the last time I was upset at something? Are you even like mildly upset? That's great, Ben. You're living a good life. You should be Pretty happy. Much. If I'm the worst thing in your life. <laughs> I, I think the real thing was my brain just started going well what's an argument that I can bring up that not only would I be able to say in front of other people that I would be alright telling the actual person <laughs> like that I did it because if I brought up some Shannon stuff she would be like you said that in front of the class how dare you do that and it's like I don't know Garth pisses me off sometimes there's gotta be something there yeah and yeah and I know I could tell him <laughs> second uh, it's over we can share in this story because uh, yeah no I, I know like yeah Ali's off bounds you don't tell anything 
anything. If whatever happened there, if I had a fight with her beforehand, no one's ever gonna know. Yeah. That's my business. But you can shit on me all you want. Well, that's even the thing. If someone said to you like they were doing a joke around thing with you and go like, "What's the biggest douchebag comedian that you've ever worked with?" If you had to give an answer, you would go like, uh, "Ben Grop," because you know I'm gonna take that as a joke. You know it's gonna be fine. Mm. You're not gonna care. Exactly. And at the very least, it, it re-promotes humor or more. <laughs> and this is the thing. If you do that big argument to the class, maybe some of them are listening to the podcast now to hear about this arsehole. They want to see the argument resolved between the two of us. Well, that's even how the argument went, like, where I'm just going, do you know how much hard work I put into humidor.com.au with the podcast available every second Sunday? <laughs> Wiki review takes all this time. <laughs> <laughs> you turned your argument into an ad. Pretty much I think that's what it was. An adument. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think if you go deep into like why I picked this, it has nothing to do with you whatsoever. Just, uh, what's a good way to tell people to listen to my podcast? And I tell you, sir, bravo. I am so proud of you. That was a perfect choice. The perfect way to advertise. I love it. Uh, so we did our little argument monologues. There was actually one guy who didn't want to do it. Okay. Um, I don't know, give me a fake guy's name. Frank. Frank. Yeah, so Frank. Because they have the thing in these acting classes where this might come into your improv as well, where you have green zone, orange zone, and red zone. Oh, we, we just have if you're not comfortable, you just don't do it or you can leave. Oh, no. And this one, it's like green zone is like, yeah, I'm cool. Orange zone or yellow zone. That's where you're a bit worked up, but you want to push yourself that little bit further. Ah, I want to test my boundaries. Yeah, red zone is don't fuck with me. And there was one guy, like it was the only time that I've heard it, is Frank. As soon as he goes like, okay, Frank, you're up. It's like, oh, red zone. And there was sort of this puzzled look on the teacher's face. And then she's like, oh, okay, you go up. But then this meant that there was an odd number of people. Okay. And so they did the whole like going, well, this person's by themselves. I mean, does anyone want to go up again? And I'm all like, yeah, I'll go up again. Of course you will. <laughs> was it the same argument? It was the same argument. But the thing is, is they go into the monologue after that. And because I'd been up doing the argument thing before and I'd gotten this game, I absolutely crushed it. Yep. And the guy who I'm doing it with forgot his lines. And so I'm just oh. going like on with on. mine. And because you're got this avalanche of words coming out, it's probably like slowing him down more. It's really hard to find what you're supposed to be saying and remember your lines when someone's yelling at you. It's absolutely horrible. It's kind of like, imagine going through a script that you've got and you're trying to do the lines. You've memorized it, but there's a TV show playing in the background with something completely different on. It drives you insane. You can't remember any of your lines. Yeah, but like when you're trying to read a book and people are having a conversation <laughs> right next to you. Yeah, I get that feeling. So you got to uh, stand over a guy with fury. Yeah. It's very empowering, isn't it? I can see why bullies do it. And then with what was left of the class, we got to do some of the monologues, which is why I only got to hear some of them. I got to hear all of them in the argument, but not how they Oh my to. god, I have no idea what any of their monologues are about from that because it's just people like yelling things at each other that don't even match up. Yep, so and there's it's just like two and you wouldn't be able to hear one of them the whole time. And the emphasis would be different too. And it? also people are trying to remember their lines because <laughs> it's almost impossible to remember it while you're doing this or even perform it good. So we get up and the teacher picks the first person. Okay. And the person who she picks 
I guess is probably the shy person. Just encourage them. It's good to... In the group. And yeah, she did really well. And she is a person who's probably like come out of her shell a little more as it goes. I mean, I liked her and thought she was all right until I found out she was 19. And then I just got like this thing that anyone that age, I'm just like, eh, <laughs> But that's the thing with all these acting classes. Like half my class is 19. Improv, they're a little older. Yeah. And these are a bunch of young, hopeful kids. Uh, remember being that in comedy? I remember being 19 and thinking like oh my god the whole world is ahead of me mm. these kids like you can see the unbrokenness in their eyes they haven't been crushed by reality yet <laughs> because they still have that one in a million chance that they might somehow be involved in a movie once we know it's not gonna happen yeah and we know it's not gonna happen for any of them <laughs> and we're comfortable with this we've come to accept this fact but they're fucked I like the double thing though of trying for it but at the same time feeling like I'm probably gonna fail this yes I'm still doing it I still try really hard but I'm okay knowing that it's not gonna work because you need to try as hard as you can but also it really hurts like when you fail and when you put everything into it so you have to be realistic about it and protect yourself otherwise yeah in other words yeah red zone red zone don't yeah. anyway this girl did we give her a fake name yet uh let's say Jess Jess okay so Jess did her monologue yeah no points for guessing like what type of character she played I'm guessing it's an out bold character a very bold assertive and strong there we go I think hers was about someone who's a probably set back in olden days when women were just animals and stuff When they were considered property, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Essentially that. That's probably a better word. Livestock. <laughs> Livestock. This isn't me. I, I didn't write the laws or the rules back then. I wasn't alive, I swear. And she's a star of the stage. So she's actually one of the women who's doing quite well in this age. And she's like, I don't want to marry a man. What the hell am I want to do with this second fiddle to someone when I'm just so awesome? Nice. And yeah, she seemed to do it all right. Cool. She did a good job. Yep. And then, of course, they go, who wants to go next? And of me course. being that acting nerd that I am. Yeah. <laughs> me! Me, miss. Mm. I'm like that dude who I would have hated in high school. I'm the person at the end of the class who's like, Miss, you forgot to give us homework. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, yes. So no, I got up and did my monologue. And I guess I only went into like a little bit of detail, but mine is as I'm talking to some woman who used to be the love of my life and now she has a baby with another man. And so I did my scene and then like the acting teacher's like, no, you need to do it with the baby in your hands and I'm like okay so they get a sweater oh and they oh, fold so you, it up like a baby I immediately assumed you were gonna mime a baby because all I do in improv is mime things no they gave me a prop you get a prop I had a sweater baby sweater <laughs> I'd prefer sweater calves but um <laughs> that's another word for breasts <laughs> so yeah so you got a sweater baby and now I know you're a professional and things don't throw you but did that ruin what you had envisioned as your monologue did it change it dramatically by having a baby in your hands it did change it a little bit because in the previous version I got a little mad and tempered but you the idea of like yelling with a baby in your hand feels so unnatural <laughs> even if it is a sweater baby I was like enraptured in the bit but you can't yell when there's baby there because mm. it'll hurt the ears that's actually really dangerous for baby and everything has to be gentle with the baby Conan O'Brien used to do a really great sketch where he'd sing a lullaby and it always starts with I have a great singing voice so I know it's late night so a lot of mums that have their babies they're trying to get to sleep so I'm going to sing it a lullaby. Lullaby, blah, 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 blah
blah, blah, blah. And he goes into, now I don't want to lose like, what he's singing this bit. I know that I don't want to lose my other audience members and the baby's comprehension is very low. So I can say whatever I want as long as I say it in this gentle way. And then he starts saying all the horrible things that happened <laughs> in the news. And now we're going to show some videos. So turn the baby away from the screen and there's just car crashes and stuff. Yeah. But the whole time he's like, you know, a man went to jail for raping. <laughs> That's the tone that you have when there's a baby. Everyone knows that. Did your tone turn to that? Yes, my tone did more turn to that. And I guess it became more of a sympathetic performance and a sad performance then. Because you have a baby and you have to say it in a nice way, did that change how your character felt about it? It did, because once I toned down the aggression, everything sort of took on more of an apologetic tone. Ah, see, th- this is us acting nerding yeah. it up right now. How engrossed am I? Could you imagine if we had this conversation like five years ago? <laughs> oh, we would have called each other's queers for life. <laughs> I've actually been like texting Zach going like, look, I went to all this trouble to learn this fucking monologue. Do you want to actually like set this up and film this? It's like a two minute scene. <laughs> I can put it in like an acting showreel. That's true. Plus I've always like with getting into acting, I've always wanted to know what a good monologue is. And so they've given me one because I know if you left it up to me, I would like pick something from Star Wars or something stupid like that. And it's like, no, no, give me an acty one. Like one that's actually going to get me a job. Got the range in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. So yeah, I've got those lines committed in my head. So I'm going to try and like do that one properly. Nice. And it seems easy to set up. And I need to cast a girl who just stands there. When you record it, are you going to have a baby? Or do you still think that your director's cut? Oh no, no, no. The director's cut would be the one with the baby. So I'm your probably- Your theatrical performance. I'm probably not going to use a real baby, but I'll go a step up from the sweater baby where we'll at least get like a fake doll and I'll just try and hold it in a way that you can't really see it. I want you to hold your cat. No, that would not work. That's why I want you to do it. (laughs) I want to see you take 43. Hush, please just stay in my arms. As you're trying to do this monologue, this cat's like clawing you, trying to get away. It's butts facing. All you see is a dot facing the camera and you're just like trying to hold it like it's like liquid. (laughs) Still committing 100% to this monologue. Well, I've tried to use the cat in comedy bits that we've done and he's very argumentative with it. He seems to know what we're trying to do and does not want a piece of it. Which is annoying because he follows me around the house wanting me to pick him up all the time and then when we're shooting, he's just like, like, no, I don't want any part of any of this crap. He's camera shy, as it turns out. Yeah. Poor little fella. So, yeah, and so you did it with the baby, sweater baby. With the sweater baby. Yeah, how did that go at the end? Yeah, that went really well. You got to go through it a couple of times, so I think I went through mine twice. And got my feedback and my criticism, which was basically to have a baby and to do it more sadder. I think I did well with it. I think I just figured out, like, we assumed, because it was about a guy saying he can't dance, and we assume it's because you can't dance. They somehow knew this. I think she knows, like, oh, you're a comedian, so you're an argumentative prick. So every time something happens, it's someone else's fault. So you don't feel remorse, do you? You just throw crap at other people. I'm awesome at blaming other people. It's yes. easy. And that's why you went up and went, well, clearly you read it and went, well, clearly I hate this woman and I'm going to yell at her and get mad. <laughs> and they're like, no, actually you missed the point completely. <laughs> he's sad and he's apologetic. Like, that's how they had to get you to do it. It's like a backwards trick of outside in, they call it, to make you feel sad and sensitive to people. We had to put a baby in your arms because <laughs> 
because that's the only way your comedian brain was capable of formulating the idea of being gentle to something. That was actually a good point because when the teacher did say to soften up and be more apologetic, there was almost like, I feel he's kind of angry at her where I'm like taking this dude's side. I'm like, no, fuck her. Like, I don't care how sad this girl feels. Why does she get an apology? This dude, you don't get this screwed up in life without learning to blame people. But no, the scene did work and it is interesting how it does change. By doing an outside movement that uh, changes your body language, which therefore changes your tone, which therefore changes the scene. And I'm guessing you did not envision it to be like that at all. No, I didn't. I could tell when you were telling me the story, you were just like, well, clearly this guy's arguing. (laughs) Well, I thought I would do the monologue like I was talking to the audience, but they actually got someone up on stage with me. You had to look at her. No, that was the thing. Didn't have to look at her, had to look at him. He was playing Gail. Ah, okay. Well, because yeah. they said, who wants to go up and like stand with him? And like, everyone's just sort of like sitting there because no one volunteers for shit. Except then this other dude's just like, yo, I'll do it. So then I'm looking at him who we'll just call Gail because that's who he was this entire time. Yes. So Gail, who was I meant to be talking to? And you could tell in certain moments when I was like looking at him in dramatic moments where he's just looking at me like, this is kind of awkward. Like, I don't know what I'm meant to do. Do I have to look back? Because I'd rather not. Am I just an eyeline or am I performing too? Like, What's do that? I have to respond? this what's my motivation for this scene I also don't want to throw you off (laughs) see now if that was the improv class he'd be talking back to you immediately (laughs) improv people are much more willing to volunteer because it's spontaneous that's why they're there the person who volunteered would be a very eager to be involved person so just stand there so that they have someone to talk to within three lines they're talking back to you within five (laughs) lines it's their scene your monologue is gone Uh now then after me you had an older woman who was named Come on, this is your improv. Oh, it's a woman? Yeah, older woman. Hazel. Hazel. Okay, so... Good older woman name. (laughs) Yeah. So Hazel, she had to do a script where she was sort of this, I want to say sort of dottering old woman, but someone who didn't seem completely all there. But it was also this sad story of like, she was reading a letter from her ex-husband who used to like domestic abuse her all the time. And it's like, he wants to get back with me and having to react to that. All the things are kind of sad. But actors love crap like that. Like they eat it up. I get to be sad. Oh, I get to make tension and make everyone feel uncomfortable through my pretending. Like, a comedian wants to relieve tension. Actors just want to build it until everyone wants to die. And this is going to sound messed up, but hers is actually the funniest one that I've heard so far. Because of the way she did it, or? Because, I actually think it's because of the script, because it is so dark in this weird, quirky sort of way. I think I know exactly what you mean. Like, at a certain point, the darkness, like, it's ridiculous when they keep piling it on. It's the ditzy blonde going back to her abusive boyfriend. You've got like the funny mixed with the dark. The big face palm. And it does, it builds that tension great. I think it actually seems like it would be a good little play or whatever it is. I don't know, That some of that dark stuff is really funny. Because that reminds me, this was something I saw on a UFC TV show, the reality show, and they brought back old fighters. This is their last chance. The guy's name was Mikey Burnett. And I remember seeing him in the UFC and like he was a big star back in the day. And this is him as an older guy. Like he disappeared, he's come back 
this is his last chance and he loses the fight. He gets the crap kicked out of him. And then after the fight, when he's lost, Mike, like, that's it. It's over. They then interview him and he's got this huge black eye. His lips are swollen and he's discussing all the problems he's had that led him to going off the track. Because his mouth is busted, he's talking funny too. So this guy with a blacked up face and bruises and like a messed up mouth is going, I've suffered from gambling addiction, alcoholism, chemical dependency. Yeah, and that's the point where I started laughing because that's the saddest fucking thing. (laughs) He's talking about how he's just had this miserable life and now he just got the crap kicked out of him and he has no more career. (laughs) Like, you just pile it on, mate. Like, that's the most tragic thing you can think of. But how funny. I mean, imagine the kicker if, like, someone just came up to him and just whispered, your dog just died. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, like, funny in that dark way. <laughs> yeah, just at the very end, he goes, oh, hang on, I got a message. Oh, my wife left me. <laughs> what a great audience. Okay, so that's what I imagine this woman's like. Yeah, and Hazel did really well. Hazel's also one of those annoying people who asks a lot of questions. That whole mature age student thing. Oh. Like, I fall into that same category. Because half the class is 19, so there's a bunch of people who aren't. The older people are, the more involved they tend to get into the class. You can basically pick the age of the people by, by how much they involved. get involved. <laughs> And yeah, she did well. And then they had only one other. And it was by... Um, is, it a, is it a boy or a girl? Girl. Girl. Gabriel. Gabriel. Didn't we already have like a Gabriel? No, Gail I had. Gail. Real close. Oh, that was a guy. So I'll, I'll give you another one then. Um, Mary. Mary. So Mary comes up. Well, after me, I think Hazel volunteered because she felt like a bad mature age student for having someone volunteer before her. Oh, I gotta she, make up for it. Yeah. So I'm gonna volunteer next. Yeah. <laughs> Then Mary, I think, volunteered after Hazel because in the first class, when they're going around saying who they are, Mary was telling us about this play that she did. And she goes, yeah, yeah, it was good. And that's when Hazel speaks up and goes, tell them how long you got the script before you had to get up there and perform it. And it's like, what? uh, 24 hours. And that's when I found out that Hazel is actually Mary's mother. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, and you had to contain like an eye roll of like oh no oh when she's doing that bit of like oh tell him about this i'm sort of looking down at the floor because i've been in that moment before like i know the cringe factor my stepmom is amazingly like that when i go over to my dad's for dinner we'll be sitting at the table and my stepmom will go to like my brother jack go oh jack you won this award at school tell ben about that uh, i won an award at school that's uh. pretty much how he responds <laughs> <laughs> tell him what for? Tell him it was for your cross country. Uh, I won an award for cross country. Tell him what place you got. He got first place. Tell him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. That's such a mum move we've, right there. We've all been there. We've all dealt with it. Yes. Uh, and I know Jack would rather tell me about what new characters he's unlocked in his video game rather than some award that he's won at school. An award at school is something you brag about to your parents. To get them off your back. Yeah. Like, see, I told you I'm doing stuff. Quit nagging. Everyone else, you're like, it's a piece of paper. <laughs> I only won it because the guy who normally 
anomaly wins didn't show up. Look, they had to give them out to everyone. <laughs> everyone got one. It was my turn this week. Which remember those? Like they used to give like awards in primary school. Like every week a kid would get an award in the class, but everyone got an award by the end. I remember in grade three, the teacher just flat out asking the class, is there anyone who hasn't won an award this year? And like one kid put his hand up Aww. and he won an award the next week. No, he was a douchebag. He had won an award earlier that year anyway. He lied. He just lied, but the teacher oh. hadn't kept track of it. So he's just like, fuck it, I'll win an award. <laughs> and the teacher is just ballsy enough to be like, I don't care. Like you guys all know the deal, right? <laughs> but I know I'm supposed to keep track of this, but I didn't become a primary school teacher to be on top of things. <laughs> I'm here so that I get to read a story and call it a job. <laughs> you guys all feel special, right? I just wanted a job where I'm allowed to take my shoes off. <laughs> So that's why I feel Mary wanted to go up because Hazel did. So you got to volunteer after mum. Otherwise it'd be a long car ride back of why didn't you volunteer, Mary? You worked so hard on it. You should show them. (laughs) I heard a story from someone who worked at a university and there was this boy who went to the university and his mum came along (laughs) and every class she would be there. Every lecture, she'd be sitting next to him. Everywhere he went, she was there. Now she's not a student. Oh my God, really? She just came along with him. Is that even allowed? No. <laughs> no, it's not. But the dean was just so scared of her. She just did it. She didn't ask permission, just did it. And then they kept telling her like, no, you can't come in. You can't be here. You're not allowed to. It's just students. They had to do a whole thing. And the whole time, the boy just has this look on his face. You know, Mary had it of just this, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. I can't get away from her. I'm at home. She's there. She's here with me. Like the kind of mother that would like sort of buy his food and then cut it up. You know, I'll get you your lunch and then cut it up and basically give it to him in front of him and they actually had to do this whole separation and like find someone for him to live with to get away from this woman <laughs> like it wow. got really extreme but yeah it, it escalated quickly but could you imagine that just your mum going yeah I'm coming to your class with you why why would you do that no no I couldn't do that yeah just you know what I'm you go to the class I'll stay home <laughs> Let me know what you learned. You could do the exam for me. You just be me. Give me the degree when you're done. Come on, you're actually paying attention in these things. I'm not. What I want to know, and I'm going to have to ask this person about the story again. Did she ask a whole bunch of questions that held up the end of the lectures? (laughs) You're not even a student and you're holding up the class? (laughs) And the poor boy just sitting there like, oh God, this is the most humiliating thing ever. Help me. Though it does give me an idea for the greatest reality show ever. And I know what you're going to say, but just hear me out. Okay. Remington and son. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) You and your mom go and learn how to do things together. That would be the most amazing, captivating show. I would watch every episode multiple times. Okay, the biggest hassle that there would be a problem, because I do actually think that would be amazing. Like, my mom's quite a, I don't want to say spectacle, but she's a character. (laughs) You've met her. She knows who she is and she's cool with that. I could imagine she'd be comfortable telling you off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just be you getting chastised all the time. But the biggest hurdle in this is getting her to go do stuff. Because she wouldn't want to. Hey, mom, you want to come with me to this? Why would I want to go to that? Why am I doing this? I'm busy. I have things going on. Like, she has her own life. And she likes to look down on things she doesn't like. And she's okay to not like things. She's old enough that she can say, I don't like that. I'm not wasting my time with it. <laughs> oh, I wish I was in the position to just drive a dump truck full of money to her house and say, (laughs) do this show. Please. Please. 
Oh. And that's that's the purity of my mother. She wouldn't <laughs> accept it. She doesn't need the money. She doesn't care. I don't need I'm not doing it. There is nothing you can offer me that's going to make me do stuff I don't want to do. It'd be funny, though, if, like, you just saw me setting up cameras to, like, film you and you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just want to film the reaction. Your mom said yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to tell you this story. It reminded me recently. I was doing an improv show. The person I was doing it with, uh, she was telling me she has a hoity-toity, a proper mom. I would describe my mom as a proper lady. It's probably the most accurate way to describe her. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So her mom came along to see her do improv. The first show <laughs> she's ever seen after a while. And she's doing the improv show. And then she looks out in the audience. And in the audience, she sees her mom with her face all screwed up. Just looking really just like unamused and disappointed. And then afterwards, like she's like, hey, mom, how'd you like the show? Everyone clapped so loudly. <laughs> That was the problem. She was upset about how enthusiastic the audience was. You're not that good. You don't deserve that kind of applause. And it reminded me of when we had a show and I performed at the show a set. And this was the first time my mother, because my mom came along with my little brother to the shows. And then after a couple of shows, eventually I performed because we had a guy pull out. So this was the first time my mother's ever seen me do comedy. The whole time I've done comedy, she's never been to a show. Kind of a mutual thing. <laughs> she yeah. didn't come. But she came along. I did the show. And I don't think it's arrogant to say I smashed that set you did do well yeah I was very proud that night I was very happy with it I shat myself knowing I was going to do it in front of my mum I worked really hard to get it ready for 20 minutes I got ovations round of applause lots of laughter crushed it then I went to the break and like I went up to my mum's table to see how she's doing you know big smile hey mum that fat guy was really funny <laughs> that's the quote because the guy and also what a mean way to say it too the guy before me uh the in the first bracket he did a lot of jokes about being overweight so yeah fair enough to say the fat guy was funny and at that point when my mum said like, I'm just tell me I was good because I did something good <laughs> and it made me realise that of course she couldn't say that I did good because then maybe if she actually said like god that was amazing you were so talented I was wrong not to like encourage you to do comedy if she said that maybe I could stop <laughs> you would just be done that's all I wanted <laughs> this whole time that's all I needed. In fact, why am I a comedian in the first place? Because of course she's not going to tell me I'm good at this. Uh, has she ever listened to the podcast? Oh god, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I don't think we do anything that would upset her, but then she might even be like, oh, talk more about the dogs in the farm. That's good. <laughs> I don't think she does. I if don't she imagine has, she would approve. Well, if she has, she hasn't told me. <laughs> but then she, she saw said me- that fat guy's podcast is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if she can watch me do comedy for 20 minutes and not mention it I think she can listen to a podcast when I'm not around and not mention it (laughs) she's like listening now going he'll never know I heard this this is that's it (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) you know when you learn something about yourself like through someone else's eyes they tell you a story reminds you of a time in your life you're like oh that explains everything about me this is why I have such a desperate need for approval So I feel for Mary Although she has the exact opposite problem Imagine having a parent going Like because if my mum was there going Garth tell them about the set you did Tell them about the joke for val- the Valentine's Day joke Tell them that He does a Valentine's joke Tell them about the flower part Yeah there was 
Because I bought a bouquet. Tell them about how hard it is. Yeah, and I think Mary's scene was about talking to some dean that was, like, oppressing her sort of thing. So I was sort of, like, watching it, like, trying to look at all of these, like, their metaphors going, like, ooh, is that a mom? Is that a (laughs) mom? But the mother's dominating but approving. That's what gets me. And, like, I'd kill for that kind of approval and encouragement. But that's way too much approval (laughs) and encouragement. It's too far the other way. If Mary and I could, like, get a nice little between like somewhere between us directly between us there is a midpoint and that's where both of us want to sit how about we just swap mums on a weekly basis so we can cleanse the palate as it were yeah I'm sure Hazel would make a good mum for you I could lap that up for a week and be really like tell them about the joke you told this morning actually now that would get old really quick <laughs> And then your mum would be going to Mary like, you still doing that acting crap? <laughs> like, just screwing it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have time for this, all right? Look, are you going to help round up the sheep or not? <laughs> she'd be put to farm work is what she'd be doing. Yeah, and I think Mary did well because of the pressure of, like, when I did mine, there was, like, the teacher judging me and that's it. She's got, like, to perform for the teacher and her mother. And I know that would throw me off. I've done stand-up comedy and I could do it easy. Dead rooms, rooms that are crushing it but like my parents sitting there you are essentially performing to two people yeah everyone else is just a prop to prove you're funny I still remember the first time my dad saw me do stand up I'm like hey I've been doing the stand up thing you know I'm actually crushing it you know you, you should come along and see a show and it was the first time I died <gasps> and not like died a little like horribly horribly died now was it just a bad show pressure of your parents or was it you it was a really shitty room it was it was Albany Creek. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, I remember that piece of shit. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was the first room I really crushed it in. Was it? Yeah, it was just a good night. I actually didn't go back there ever again. When they said to me like, "Oh, can you do Albany Creek?" I was like, "Oh, I'm busy that night." I was always busy on the night that that ran. Okay. I could do all the other rooms on the circuit, and then when it closed down, I was like, "Good riddance." Now I don't have to say I don't want to do it anymore. I had a fan at Albany Creek. It was oh, this, really? Yeah, this girl. She. Um, I had a subwoofer joke. That's what it was called, the subwoofer joke. And I'd rock up to, oh, are you going to tell the subwoofer joke tonight? Tonight and every night. I guess I guess I have to now. Yeah. Are you going to play the classics? It's weird for comedy, isn't it? No, do that- you still do the subwoofer bit? No. What is the subwoofer bit? Okay, it's hard to do on a... I'll make this work. Okay. I don't have a subwoofer in my car, but occasionally I like to stomp the floor and pretend. <laughs> so, you know, I pull up to the lights next to a girl I want to impress. Then I start stomping my foot. Won't you take me to a funky town? That's the joke. <laughs> your foot is your subwoofer. Yes, I stomp the floor. It sounds really good on stage because when you stomp the floor on a stage, it sounds like a subwoofer. I can see how that bit would work. Maybe I'll bring it back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you're doing your own one-man stomp performance. <laughs> but that was the first room where I'm halfway through a set and I'm telling a joke and I suddenly become aware that I can't hear anything but my voice. The room is completely silent and you shit yourself when you hear silence and you're a new comic. But then I realised everyone's listening to me that's why it's silent and then when I got to the punchline the room just erupted and that was the first time I got like that real like I owned the room and it's such an addictive feeling oh it's amazing isn't it yeah I keep thinking I should get up and do stand up comedy again yeah I've been having a little break from stand up but I'm getting back in soon you should too (laughs) yes sir (laughs) that sounded like a demand right then it's you get Ben get back into stand up now yeah I know what you like and if I say like yeah yeah you should consider it Ben I'm telling you to do stand up (laughs) alright fine 
fine. Fuck you, I'll do it. Let's do a show and invite all our parents. <laughs> Just them, no other audience. You and me, back to back. I've always thought that would be an interesting stand-up special to do, where you set it up like, I would just set it up in my house and you just invite around family and friends and you film it and you do your set for them. Like Sarah Silverman's We Are All Miracles where there was 39 people, but way smaller, like a quarter of that. Like you're actually doing it in your house with like, you put up staging and like curtains. Like you've gone to the full hog in your house, but it's still just a stand-up show in your house. That's cool, which is nice. I think that'd be good. And you know that there would be a good audience. That's the theory. If we- <laughs> You'll find out which one of your people are supportive and which aren't. I'd rather we have your friends and family because my family's not going to laugh and my friends, are- they'll bring up a topic and yeah. they'll want to talk about the topic rather than listen to the joke about the topic. <laughs> did you see about this uh, this Pakistani woman in the news? Yeah, I read that. Hey, did you know this, this, mm. this? And I also saw another article below it. Can I tell my joke, please? <laughs> We're recording. This is embarrassing now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, that is the time. I better get moving. Oh, shit, yeah. All right, man. All right, well, this has been fun. All right, well, I'll catch you next time. All right, see you later.